All right, welcome to episode 11 of What Does It Take? Today I'm here with Kenny Yoshino. Kenny is a senior at Wheeling right now. He plays football and baseball, and he's here to talk with us about those things. How's it going, Kenny? It's going great. Great, man. So um, how have you been holding up here with the um, with COVID and the quarantining and, and all the different rules and regulations going on? Yeah, it's definitely been difficult. Um, just trying to continue the daily grind, uh, make things as normal as possible. Uh, given circumstances, it's not too easy. Um, but, you know, just doing my best, um, getting to the gym every day, you know, just starting up, doing everything I can, making sure I can get my best grades in my classes. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Yeah, I think everyone's just trying to do the best they can right now. And uh, it's a pain and it's hard. It's definitely uh, definitely been a challenge for everyone I've spoken with. So I guess let's get right into it. How did you get into athletics? Um, so I think it just it starts the day I was born. Um, so I'm the youngest of four. Uh, my dad played football growing up and baseball. Uh, my two older brothers, um, they both played football. They're both all conference athletes. Uh, at Willing High School. Uh, Mike also, my oldest brother also played baseball. And then uh, my other brother also uh, ran track. Uh, and then my sister played hoops. So growing up, you know, um, my parents saw like stories of, of I was like one, like a year old and I was at the sideline of every game running around. And, and uh, it was it, always a big influence of mine was playing sports, you know. Um, so I think that's where it started. And, and it just took off. I started, uh, I, I started playing flag football, I think, like first grade put the pads on uh I think second third grade and then I played every year since and same with baseball um wrestled in middle school I uh, really loved that uh played basketball for most of my life too so you know just staying involved it was just a really good way of making friends growing up and um, just keep myself always having something to do and it wasn't really a choice um like being in the family it's just kind of what everyone did and you know no complaints there I, I loved it that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I uh, came from not I, I don't think I was as ingrained as you were, but it was definitely like rather than, um, you know, play instruments or get involved in art or do something, some sort of outdoor activity or something. It was always kind of sports. My my parents kind of defaulted into sports for us. So yeah. we we're always playing baseball, basketball. Um, you know, I played like field hockey for a couple of years. Just yeah, always something. Always all sorts of different things. So what do you think it is outside of just kind of being part of a family um, culture, I guess, what do you enjoy about athletics and sports? Um, just, just being able to compete. I think that's something that, that you don't really get too often. Um, I just have a love of competition and being able to go out there and, and just do my best in, in no matter circumstances um, or the game, whatever just being able to go out and compete and, you know, whether it be football where you're going out and you're playing with, with your 10 brothers next to you and, and you're putting your entire heart on the line and, you know, wake up the next morning, you can barely roll yourself out of bed and you're just completely exhausted and you're going to wake up and you're going to do it again, practice the entire week, go out, do it all again on another Friday night. Uh, just having that drive for competition, though, just that love, um, always wanting to get better. I think that's what, re what really drives me uh, in, in athletics for sure. Nice. So definitely a competitive spirit and, and um, um, being able to, to just go out and show off your skills and try to improve as well. Those are all super important um, to just improving as a human being, at least I think. Um, 
I think it's pretty easy for me to tell just because uh, people listening might not be able to see this, but I can see in the background that you've got some, uh, <laughs> some fat heads on your wall, some football players, but uh, what, what's your favorite sport to compete in and why? Uh, football. Um, you know, growing up, it was always football. Um, I, I just, love, I just have this, this, uh, this passion for the game, you know, Saturdays I, I wake up at in the morning, um, try to go to the gym before the college slate starts at around 11 12 uh, and then I'm pretty much watching until you know if Hawaii's at home then I'm watching till like 2 a.m and then you wake up on Sunday do it all over again watch all the the entire NFL slate um and it's, it's just always been like that um I think it's it's a lot easier because you know you only have x amount of weeks whereas in baseball you got 162 games um I think that's the number so I'm close to that but it, it's a lot tougher with other sports whereas you know football I don't know. This has got something to it. I think um, also playing it is completely different. Just the mental aspect that goes into it um, on and off the field, you know, it's going out and literally putting your body on the line in every single play. Uh, you don't really get that for anywhere else. And it takes a different type of person to find pleasure in doing that. And um, something that I'm glad to have. And uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely football over over anything else. Yeah. Football. When whenever I talk with football players, there's always a. Um... It's a, there's an interesting uh, love for the game that's kind of, at least I feel unmatched in a lot of other sports where there's like a, such a connection with this. I, I don't even know how to describe it, but just the, um, the team component and, and the um, physical, uh, the physical port parts of it that are, there's something very addicting about football for anyone that enjoys football. It's, it's like a, you just kind of get sucked in. Yeah, no and, doubt. Um, uh, I definitely, uh, growing up, football was my favorite sport, favorite to compete in, favorite to watch um, until I got a, like a little later in middle school. But like, I remember having that feeling of like, this is the best thing in the world. Like there's nothing more fun than this. Um, so I definitely can relate to that a little bit. And it just seems to be every single time I talk to a football player, it's always kind of this, um, ingrained like just love of the whole process of a football season and getting up early and game on Friday going to practice on Saturday um definitely very cool um and it's interesting it, it's a game where the, there's a lot of team games and they always depend on you always have to depend on people but in football seems like everybody can do everything correctly but one guy makes one mistake in his position and, and everything can unravel. Yeah. And that's what they always say. It just takes one guy for, for a touchdown play. If, if we're talking on defense on offense, it takes one guy for play to be blown up. And I think that's one thing that, that definitely that I really love about the game is that it's not, it's not baseball where you can have one guy that can go out and win you a game. Like you can have one stud pitcher that can throw a complete seven innings in high school and you can win that baseball game. Uh, in football, if you don't have 11 guys working as one well-oiled machine, you're not going to win any games. You, you may not even get a first down, you know, there's something about it that, that no other sport really has. Yeah. It's definitely the, the team aspect. Like I was saying, it's just, it, it seems to almost be stronger than any other game because of that reason where mm -hmm. everybody's important, every single play, um, even in baseball, like you, you were using the example of if you have a stud pitcher, but if your left fielder's a stud, but your right fielder's not very good, that left fielder is going to be on most of the game. You're not worried about your right fielder getting a ton of, uh, yeah. get, having a ton of action in his, his area at the high school level, I'm assuming. Um, whereas your left fielder is probably one of your better players. Yeah. So you're a little better exactly. off there. 
Um, how do you, uh, how do you mentally prepare for, for a football game? Uh, it, it takes a lot, um, a lot of film, you know, if you're not watching film, you're not getting better. And, uh, that's one thing that our coaches have always said is if, if you're only getting better on the field, then, then you're not actually getting any better. Um, so definitely starts with film and then it just starts with mentally preparing for the game. You know, uh, I was lucky enough to be starting on the varsity team as a sophomore and, um, you know, that first Friday, just completely psyched. I, I was completely psyched myself out. Uh, I was pretty much mentally drained by the time kickoff came. And that's that's something that you learn um, with experience is that just, just being calm throughout the day, throughout the entire week, just, just being able to be relaxed and to go out and just, just focus and not be so over anxious to, to go 100% on everything. You just got to trust yourself. You got to watch as much film as humanly possible. Um, you should, you should pretty much have the entire other team scheme ingrained in your, in your mind by that Friday night and just be as calm and just, just trusting of yourself. Cause at the end of the day, if, if you're wasting all your mental capacity throughout the day, I definitely know how tiring that can get. And by, by game time, you're, you're almost worn out and you haven't even warmed up yet. Um, so mentally football is a game where if, if you're not practicing off the field, you're not going to be ready and you're not going to win any games. And it takes 11 guys, like we were saying. So if everyone's not getting in watching their film, then you guys aren't – you're not going to be winning football games. So f- football definitely is the front runner in the film, uh, watching film for all sports. Um, I think most sports are playing catch-up when it comes to film compared to football and okay. the amount of time that goes into film. So when you say for a guy who's, I'm, you know, primarily a wrestler, and I played football all growing up, but we didn't watch film till high school and that was I only played freshman sophomore year and didn't spend a ton of time we'd watch film once a week mm-hmm. what is so important about watching film and why is it so important specifically for football uh so so different teams have, have tendencies and um there are things that aren't extremely noticeable right away so as you start watching film you can pick up say you know I, I'm playing left guard right and I see that their defensive tackle on every single first down is using this move then I, I know that all right, come game time, I know that I'm ready for that. And I can just, and I can practice all week for that guy. And you can prepare each week and it, it's per position. You know, you got your linebackers are watching film, running backs. Sometimes they'll be looking to the hole before they get the ball or before they snap the ball. They'll look right if they're going to run right or they'll look left. There's tiny details that add up. And if, if you study enough, you can find them. And then that that's completely different from uh, the entire scheme aspect. So you got to know what, what, what sort of scheme your opponent's running defensively and offensively. So you got to learn uh, their quarterback's play style for sure from the defensive side of the ball. You got to learn their play calling tendencies, you know, on third and long, are they just going to be handing it off if they're in minus territory? Are they going to be going for first down? Maybe running hitches. Do they like throwing the ball more than running the ball? There's so much that goes into it. So much time that you have to spend studying uh, to really understand what, what to be prepared for on Friday night. So part of the mental approach I guess for you is kind of if you if you're not watching film you don't know what your opponent's going to do and for football that's kind of vital because extremely uh it's not like a lot a lot of other sports you're just kind of hey I'm going to play this is how we play and this is what we're going to do in football if you don't know that they're going to be running a certain style of play you're not prepared to defend against it and they're going to run you they're going to run all over exactly exactly Okay. That makes, that does make a lot of sense. So how much time do you think you spend a week? Like let's say in season it's week three, how much time do you as a team spend watching film? And then how much time outside of the team, maybe independently, do you spend watching film? 
Sure. So, um, so team film sessions, um, it's tough because IHSA only get X amount of hours to practice and then film also goes into that time. So normally we'll probably only watch film for like an hour, uh, maybe two hours in a week. But when you're off the field, that's, that's really when you got to start doing it because you're watching film to better yourself. Um, so I know personally, I would normally during any given week, um, we get the film on Sunday, start watching it then. Uh, just just watch through a couple of the games. But then you really start breaking it down. So I'd say I'd watch anywhere between like one to two hours a day. And then on Thursday night, especially because we just got to walk through uh, for practice, you get to go home early, get fed. And um, normally Thursday night and staying up decently late, studying probably three, three hours, um, just just doing all I can to mentally prepare, get all my brain ready to go for the next night. Wow. Um, so what do you think? So, I mean, that's a ton of uh, preparation, a ton of uh, preparation. And, and to the point where you're thinking about, like you said, if you're thinking about it so much, you get anxious about it, you're nervous about it, you start to uh, de- deplete your energy through those, through that anxiety. Mm-hmm. What do you, is there anything you do right now that to help with maybe not getting overzealous or over anxious? Do you ever kind of like watch an hour and go, you know what? This is a little too much. I have yeah. to step away so that I can perform. Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, you don't want to exhaust yourself, but I think also the biggest part in that is not cramming and trying to watch like 10 hours of film night before the game, like spreading out throughout the week. Uh, you're, you're, you're getting more prepared. So then on that Thursday night where I finish my homework and then I go to, I go to watch film, I'm not learning anything new. I'm just kind of reviewing everything. But um, aside from that, you know, definitely lifting throughout the week. A lot of guys don't like to lift when they have a game, but, um, getting in the weight room, it, it completely takes all the stress out of me. Um, so I think definitely getting in the weight room and just sleep is extremely important. And as a high school student athlete, uh, you, you don't get too much of that. But when you can, you want to try to log as many hours as you can. You got to max out on those. And, and those things alone as well, um, like a good diet, especially on Thursday and Friday when you had a game, if you're eating the right things, like you'll, you'll calm yourself down. You don't want to eat too much high sugar or else it's going to crash and your body's going to be doing too much all the time. Um, but definitely those things are, are crucial for helping yourself uh, kind of flush out the nerves coming up to a, uh, to a game. Yeah, those are the big things that I know definitely they used to preach back when I was in high school too. And from not personal research that I've done, but listening to other coaches talk, you know, high-level coaches, college uh, coaches talk, one of the biggest issues that high school and college athletes has is they don't get enough sleep and they don't think it affects them or they don't realize how much it affects them. Sleep is so key. Diet is so key. And then for the nerves, the, the act, the working out the day of is really important too. So I think you nailed some of the, some of the biggest components there. And if you're, if you're doing all three of those things, you should be, hopefully you're, you're most prepared for, for game day. What's, what's different about your mental approach to baseball um, when you have baseball games? Um, baseball is so much different. Um, you know, you're playing multiple games a week compared to just one big game on Friday night where everyone's coming out and watching you. And it's kind of like the big event of the entire week for those nine weeks. Uh, baseball is completely different. There are a lot less nerves. Um, you're a lot more relaxed going into the week. You're not watching. We, we, we really watch no film for baseball. Um, like say we're going up against a stud pitcher. We try to learn his tendencies. We take pitch charts, but, um, aside from that, there's no real, big mental aspect off that off the field uh as much as like studying goes but um definitely just preparing for baseball it's just getting your swings in getting your fielding practice in 
Uh, just trying to get as many reps in as completely possible um, compared to football where you got two sides and you really got to study the game off the field. But uh, for me with baseball, it's, it's definitely it's getting yourself ready for, um, for any, any scenario. You know, it's, it, it's not really game planning. It's more just bettering yourself as an athlete, uh, bettering yourself as a baseball player to get into that game. Do you ever feel the nerves before a baseball game or maybe before like an at-bat? like you do before a football game or is it? Is that- yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the nerves are definitely still there. Um, the more you do it though, the, the more they go away, um, which is, I think that goes with anything though, but um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I was talking with um, another kid, a volleyball player, Gio Tamayo, and he was talking about, we were, we just kind of brought up baseball and it, the mental side of baseball to me, at least for me is so different because I couldn't play. I was always so frustrated growing up playing baseball because the idea that if you like in little league, like if you're really good in little league, you hit like 500 and I would get so frustrated because it like, that means half the time I'm going to get out and I just couldn't handle it. I would get so irritated and frustrated. Like my dad would have to pull me aside and be like, you can't be so mad. You can't be so upset. And so I, I just feel like the mental side of like football, a fast paced game is kind of, trying to stay in the moment, try not to get down on yourself after something negative happens and then move forward. I was always way better at that than like baseball is kind of like being able to, to make mistakes and knowing you're going to make a lot of them. And that's like normal. That's part of the game is, is just, yeah. it's, it's so much different. Um, yeah. Whereas like you said, in, in football, like, you know, you miss a block the next play, you know, it, it happens. 30 seconds later, whereas in baseball, like you miss a ground ball, you might not get another one for the entire rest of the game. Uh, and baseball is just like that. You know, the, the game's going to treat you as you treat the game. That's what everyone says. Uh, if, if you're down yourself all the time, you're never going to get any better, um, which is definitely – which I, I find baseball to be almost more mentally exhausting than football is because you have to stay locked in that entire time and, and say, like, you never know when, you're, when your moment's going to be. And, and you go up and you strike out and then – you get really, really upset in the dugout. You go out, you're going to keep on striking out. Um, it's, it's a completely different ball game when it comes to the mental aspect, but it, it, I honestly think it's more difficult in baseball than in football. For sure. Yeah. The, the, the pay, it's like a patience and, and just a, a, the pace is, is way different. And, you know, the football, you know, if, if you're not too down on yourself, like two minutes after you make a mistake, it's kind of over and, and, you're, you're on to, you could be on to a whole totally different part of the game. Whereas in baseball, it's like, I got to get it back. I got to get it back. And, and like you said, yeah. you, might not, you might never get another opportunity. Yep. So definitely, um, definitely two, two way different, uh, way different types of the game. Um, so what moving on from, from kind of specifically each sport, what is important about, uh, what's important about winning in either game? Uh, winning, I think it's winning in general. It's just a way of life. It's a way of carrying yourself. It's a way of doing things. And um, it's something that I truly believe in. You know, w- winning means more than just the, the, the numbers on the scoreboard. Uh, to me, winning is studying really hard and then getting an A on your test. Uh, it, it transfers to every aspect in life. It's not just in sports. And I think that's the great part about sports is that you're taught from a very young age that you always want to be your best that you, and that you never want to take no for an answer. Right. 
So, I mean, I played football my entire life growing up. I played sports, basketball, uh, baseball, and then it, it translates to school as well, uh, especially when classes start getting harder. And, you know, it's so easy to just be like, this is really hard. I don't, don't want to do this anymore. You know, when, when you have something behind you or you, you, you can kind of think back to that and be like, it's just, it's just like football. It's just like practice. Like, I don't want to go to practice today. Like, I don't want to do my homework tonight. But you're going to make yourself do it because you know it's going to pay off in that. And, um, and winning itself, it's not just about sports. It's about everything in life, as, as I said. Uh, and it, it drives a person. Um, when you have a will to win, you'll do anything to get the outcome that you desire. So um, that's, that's it. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Um, you know, sometimes it feels like to me, I've talked with this with a lot of kids on this podcast, especially that, that winning sometimes, I think your answer is pretty accurate. I think it's, it's a good way to think about it, but there's times where um, some kids don't feel it's, I, I don't want to say not important, but they kind of feel like it's not the end all be it shouldn't be the end all be all goal and, and it shouldn't but to the point to where it's a detriment like I almost to the point where they feel like they don't believe that they can win so they don't want to like really talk about it um have you ever recognized that or felt like that um maybe not even in yourself but but with uh you know just being around different people different athletes yeah. um definitely I mean you're around I'm around so many people. Um, you definitely get all sorts of different um, different views of people who just, I, I think the question you're asking, it's like people who don't know what it's like to win and, and then they kind of settle for that, right? Um, I mean, when you have people like that, then I, I just feel like there's no possible way of being successful when, when you're just willing to take no for an answer. And when you have no drive, then I, I don't think you can ever be great in anything you do. And uh, I, I, I'm definitely surrounded by that. And um, I think that's part of leadership is trying to change that. Uh, I think that's that's kind of just been the feel of Wheeling High School for a very long time. It's It's been kind of attached to the name. And it's a culture thing. And that's something that I've always wanted to change. I've, I've done my most to, uh, to try to try to break that and uh, reset the culture. And it, it takes a lot of people. Um, and I, I don't think at this point, I think we're moving towards that. I don't think we're there yet. I think it's going to take a while. But the more kids that come in the building, um, you know, it, it just the, that idea can just can't be ingrained in their brains because because once it is, then that's what you're talking about is when they're settling and they're okay with not being great, and that should never be a possibility. Yeah, and I think you're kind of alluding towards where um, maybe I'm going is like Wheeling High School has a sorry about that. Wheeling High School has a bit of a um, reputation sometimes for not having winning teams and they're um and and that sometimes has a trickle down effect with kids who might not have been involved in sports their whole life and are, are looking to really compete super hard mm -hmm. uh, what do you think what do you think athletes and coaches need to be doing right now to help continue to grow um to kind of grow that culture and that mindset of of being a winner no matter what the scoreboard says. Mm -hmm. It's a great question. Uh, coach Block, uh, he's assistant baseball coach for the varsity squad. And um, he, had a, he has a leadership class where he does every year. And uh, I was lucky enough to be selected to be a part of that in my sophomore year. That's something that we, we talked about tremendously at, uh, at great lengths. Um, it's talking about how, how do you change the culture of an entire building? 
you know, it's not just the football program. It's not just baseball program. It's not just volleyball. Like it's the entire building that, that everyone's got this kind of mindset. Willing's got this almost stigma to it of just, this having this losing culture. And, and it takes so much to break that. And it really starts from the top. Um, and it's not about the scores on the board at the end of the game. It's, it's about the culture. And, and that's a word that, that doesn't get thrown around enough, I think. When you start developing a winning culture, it's when you do the small things right. And they, they may not add up right away. You know, like last year, we didn't have the best football season. But I thought that we definitely made a stride forward in our culture and trying to instill a winning culture. And, you know, you know, teammates are, are closer than ever. That's how I felt last year with a lot of the guys on my team. And, you know, a few years ago, you didn't really see a lot of that. You saw a lot of guys who didn't get along and they were on the same field together. When you have a team like that and, and you know, just doing the small things, like I've been saying, when you got guys that are starting to do that, it, it adds up and it starts to trickle down. And it comes from the top. You know, we had a great coaching staff last year and they really did their best in, in, in trying to make us figure that out for ourselves. And once we started doing that, you know, we started seeing better things off the field. And small things make a difference. And they'll all, they all add up in the long run. Are there any like specific suggestions that that you think like, ah, you know, we don't we don't do enough of this or we do do we do this one thing and it seems to everybody really likes it. It seems to get everybody really excited or, or bought in. Um, do you see anything like that? Any anything real specific that you think either Coach Weeder, Coach Hauk or any of the assistant coaches you work with that? Yeah, sure. That you um, really like. Definitely, you know, in football over the summer last year, it was since we don't have a camp this year. Um, but last year it was we had, we had a bunch of different outings and um, extremely difficult. You know, one day we went to the beach, we went to the dunes in Michigan, and we had to run up them, and and everyone was completely exhausted. But they took away our phones. We we didn't have any contact with anyone. At the end of that, you know, we just had like an hour or two on the beach with just the guys on the team, and I felt like that day alone brought us tremendously farther closer together than than ever um so this this small like outings events like that where you don't really have a choice i know two years ago when we went to summer camp um that was my first year on varsity we, we were away at elmhurst and we were in the dorms for three nights or two nights uh we didn't have our phones for the entire trip and you didn't really have a choice it was just all football for that for those few days and it was it was extremely tiring um everybody was kind of dreading the entire week but but what makes it better is when you have teammates and guys that that you can really connect with and I felt like that team was honestly the closest team that I've ever been with you know every single guy on that team I knew their story I knew all about them like I felt personally connected to them and when you have that on a team that's that's when that winning culture starts starts clicking you know it's not all about the talent it's not about having the the four or five star recruits on your team that are going to go out and make tremendous plays because, I mean, you'll have those guys, but then they'll leave. Um, but when you have teams that are so tightly knit, that that's a whole different type of culture. And then you can just bring up the new guys, get them acclimated and get them going. And then it starts, it starts showing on the field. And a lot of people don't really believe that at first, and they're not willing – they're just not willing to give all the extra time and attention. But but when you when you get to that point, it's so much different. You can just feel that team, I think, was two wins away from making playoffs. And I think a few injuries away. Um, a bunch of our studs got hurt throughout the season. But um, but I think just those those moments and those outings where I can just think back on and and I just remember so clearly just like just making connections with guys that I never have even talked to. And I was a sophomore. I'm a, I, and I was I was so close with all the seniors and 
And that was just what was so awesome about it is that you had so much time on your own to connect with everyone and to really just learn about everyone there. Yeah. So it's kind of sounds like putting the team in situations where they're kind of forced to bond with each other, forced to talk with each other, forced to get along with the, or, or just kind of connect and get to know mm-hmm. each other and become friends. Yeah. And once you start having people that are friends, like you were saying, it's almost like a brotherhood, like you stand up for your family. So when you're out on, then when you're out on the field and things aren't going someone's way, you're not, not, maybe you're frustrated with them, but rather than blame them, now you want to help them, um, yeah. which, which is kind of what families do. Even when you're irritated with your family, um, it, because they're making mistakes, maybe in life, um, you, you know, hopefully you don't want to want to tear them down more. You want to, you want to help fix, help them help themselves or help them fix their problems. And yeah. the more you can get kids or the more you can get people in those situations where they, they have a, opportunity to get to know each other you 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 can build that that culture of of family almost um yeah man those are those are great experiences and and something i'm gonna kind of i've been trying to kind of involve in the wrestling world as well thinking about getting team getting the team together to do something different something special like going to elmhurst college and spending a couple nights which is just 30 minutes down the road but Mm -hmm. um it's still something where for high schoolers like you don't know where you are it's it's a totally different place you might as well be on mars um so that's definitely uh definitely something that's pretty cool um what do you think is um what do you think is important about losing did i already ask i didn't ask that yet did i no all right sorry uh Um, what's important about losing it's being able to learn i think that's the biggest part about losing is that you can always take positives away from negatives um and and when you're losing in games it's never fun and uh i've been there a fair share and i actually have a, a really cool story um so john paul smith I know you're familiar with him. Um, my sophomore year, we were playing against Vernon Hills. I think the second, third quarter, we were down by like three touches. We are down by like 21 points. Yeah, that game was insane. It, yeah. And it, it, we, we came back and we ended up winning that game. But I remember it was it was second or third quarter. And um, I think I, I, I missed a tackle or something. And I was kind of on the ground and, and John picked me up. And I was, I was my body language was horrible. And um, – and he grabbed my face mask and like ripped me up and he starts yelling at me. He's like, we're still in this. Like, you can't give up. He's like, look at the scoreboard. There's so much time left. Like, don't give up on this game. Something along those lines. And I mean, when you have leaders like that, it makes a difference. Um, and then we ended up coming back and winning that game. Uh, and that's something that that's a, that's a story I always love to share. Cause John is one of my closer friends. He's a guy I look up to um, in, in so many aspects of, of this life in general. I think he's a winner. Uh, but aside from that, you know, I think we lost a week before. And um, or I don't remember. It was, it was a few years ago. But but we were losing. The point is on the scoreboard, we were down big. And I didn't think we were going to come back. And, you know, I just had a bad attitude about it. And and if it wasn't for John, who knows, maybe I, I play the rest of the game in that same attitude. And I'm the reason we lose that game, you know. When, when you're losing, you, you got to take positives from it. You, you can't just give up. Um, you can learn so much about yourself and about your teammates through a loss. And, and those are some things that I think you can learn a lot 
Yeah, for sure. Learning's important, but I think what you hit on taking some positives away and, and figuring out what's, um, what you can do better. I mean, I guess that's the same thing as learning, but the way you phrased it just sounded a little bit better than just learning, which is of course what we want to do whenever we, we lose or fail or don't do something the way we're supposed to. But, you know, um, I do, you know, I know John fairly well and I know his family, I've known his family since, since I was a little kid. Um, and, um, you know, something about that Smith family is they, they are leaders and they're really good. And, and I've talked with, uh, um, uh, Kyle on here and he brought up some story about that game. Not this, obviously not the same one as you, but, but the guy who was bringing him up was John Smith, um, mm-hmm. who was gotten him excited and, and helped him turn around. So, you know, he was, sounds like he was a real big part of that team and, and yeah. especially in that game for sure. And, you know, he wasn't the most athletic guy on the field, but he, I think he had one of the biggest hearts. I think he was one of our biggest leaders. And, um, and those, those aren't stats that transfer out of the sheet that get you recruited, but those are, those are guys that help you win games, especially at the high school level. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, for sure. Those guys are, are, you know, it kind of shows you how important the mental part of things are when you have someone who's not super athletic, but because of their just belief in themselves, because of their leadership ability, because of their body language, they keep themselves involved. They keep themselves, um, you know, competitive in something where like that Vernon Hills game would have been easy to, to give up and, and lose by 50 or 60 or something. Um, and for that team to come back, I mean, it was really cool to, to be there and, and observe it and watch it. Um, you know, I haven't been, I've been to quite a few football games, but not like uh, a world record amount or anything, but I've never, I haven't seen something like that in a long time. So it was, that was a really cool game. Um, something I'll never forget. For sure, man. It was, it was awesome. It's cool to, to talk with, to talk with you guys that were sophomores back then and hear your thoughts about it is mm-hmm. uh, it's a different perspective. It's, it's cool to hear that you have that memory now. Um, so where do you think, where do you think your confidence comes from? Um, I think confidence comes from within. And, and when you know you can do something, if you know you can do something well, that's when you start building confidence. And uh, this comes with, with a lot of repetition, a lot of practice, and a lot of going out and playing. Um, for talking about athletics, you know, like I said, I've been playing my entire life. So when I know when I put on my helmet and shoulder pads, I know when I get out there that I'm just as talented as anyone else in the field and I might be shorter, but, and I, I might be slower, whatever. Uh, but I know that I have enough confidence and I know myself that I am going to be able to go out there and lay a block on someone that I probably shouldn't be able to. Uh, if, if you're talking about academics, you know, it's just, it's studying for tests going out, re- reading the books and then your entire life, just if, if you keep getting good grades, you're going to keep on doing it as you get older. And uh, that, that's something, something my parents forced on me at a young age. And it's been really nice because in high school, I, I already have it within me and I was confident going into to any exam where I'm like, you know, I, I know I'm going to do well. And, um, you know, like, for example, the ACT test, I, 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 I tutored for it. I, I got tutored for it for, for years and I ended up getting a pretty good score. And, you know, you go on and take the test the first time without any practice, without any tutoring, and you got all the nerves. But then uh, after enough practice, enough tutoring, you, you go in and the nerves are all kind of gone. You have confidence, or you know, I'm going to go out there and kill it. Nice, awesome. Have you ever? Uh, let me let me preface this one with a with a little bit of a story. So, 
I have to kind of connect everything with wrestling because that's just who I am. But sure. when I wrestled in high school, I got pretty good. Got to be, by the time I was a senior, I got to be one of the better guys in my weight class in the state. Um, but I, there was a point where it was kind of like, mm, this guy's probably a lot better than me. You know, I would wrestle guys ranked number one, number two, you know, I'm ranked five, six, seven. And, um, you know, in wrestling, you kind of look at results and you can do that in football too, but it would be like this, I would lose to the number three ranked guy. Right. And that guy would have killed me, beat me like by eight points. Well, this guy pinned that guy and then I got to wrestle him. And then I would go out and kind of get my butt kicked sometimes. And it happened in, it was kind of the same way in college you can kind of equate it to my college career too. And looking back in in adulthood now, I kind of look back and go, man, you know, those were opportunities that I didn't take advantage of because I was too nervous about losing that confidence. If I wrestled a guy that was not very, if I wrestled a guy that was, I was better than I was ultra confident. If I wrestled a guy that was probably about my level, you know, in the same ranking area between 10 and, 10 and five or six, I was pretty darn confident still, but it was those guys that were kind of, I'd kind of felt like maybe I'd peak. Do you ever, do you ever have that kind of a feeling where you're going to play a team and you're op- opposite a stud maybe, and, and you lose confidence. Do you ever, do you, you know, and maybe, maybe since I brought it up, you're, you're just thinking of it now. Do you, has that ever happened? And if it has, what, what do you think you can do to make the most of those opportunities? Yeah, definitely. Um, it, for two years, actually, uh, Rolling Meadows had, I think it was a three or four star recruit, um, played defensive end. And sophomore year, you know, I, I was out there and, you know, I'm, I'm what, a 15, 16 year old kid, 16, I was able to drive. Um, so you're playing against a grown man that is getting recruited and has a chance to play football professionally. He's, he's playing division one. And, you know, I'm, I'm five, nine, five, 10, and he's like six, three, and he's, his numbers and everything, uh, way better than mine, every single lift possible. Um, and he's just a mountain of a man and I got to go out there and I got to go block him. And, um, I, a lot of plays I didn't, <laughs> I did my best, but he, he was able to get right through me, get right over me. Uh, I felt like everything I threw at him that I had in my bag, he had uh, something in his that was better. And um, it ended up in Michael Bass on the turf more more times than, than I felt comfortable with. Um, but then the next year comes by, and um, he was a senior. I was a junior. And we played him last year, and, and I, I, I played a much better game against him. And I think a lot of it just came with knowing, like, I was going to go out there and, and just knowing that he was going to be really good. And sophomore year, you know, I'm watching film. I completely psyched myself out. I was like, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't do it. I can't block this guy. What am I going to do? Like, what, what can I possibly do? I was like, should I just cut him on every play? I was like, no, nah, he's going to get right over me. So, you know, just thinking way too much about it and then going out there and, and kind of everything blanks and then he's right past you. Um, and then you get a year of preparation and you go out there I'm gonna, and you get to do it again. And the confidence was definitely much more built up than the year before because now I'm a junior I know I belong on this level. I know I can compete with pretty much any single person on the field, except for those anomaly guys. Um, but I went out there and and um, I don't know if if he recording sacks on me. Um, maybe one. I actually don't think so though. But I definitely played a much better game and 
you know, like I said, confidence comes from repetition. And um, when I was able to go through the next year, I felt so much better about it. You know, watching on film, I, I was able to break it down more. And it's understanding instead of just kind of like watching him in awe and just being extremely scared. Um, sure. But that was definitely a moment you're talking about for me. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, you know, uh, I like the way your story about, you know, having to go up against some stud who's, you know, I think it's a little more measurable in football to be like, this guy's better because in football, you know, height matters, mm-hmm. strength matters, you know, sp- speed matters. And in wrestling, sometimes there's always a, a little bit more wiggle room mm-hmm. as far as like figuring out your, if you know your body and you know your skills, um, you know, the, you can kind of negate some of the athleticism of other people. But, um, you know, definitely my senior year of college, I, I kind of had what you were saying where it was like, I didn't necessarily win those, those still didn't win those matches, but like I felt happy with the way I competed. It wasn't like I went out there and I was worried about this guy and he kicked my butt because I didn't think I was good as him. You know, I might've lost, but it was like, okay, I wrestled the guy who wasn't ranked to win the national tournament, but ended up winning it. Um, I wrestled him in a tournament earlier in the year. It was a close match and I was down, but I was coming back made a mistake and got rolled through and pinned, but I had him frustrated. I had him on the ropes. Then the wrestle backs of the national tournament, I wrestled the returning national champion. He lost early. The guy I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. And normally if I wrestle a guy like that, I would have just kind of folded up and been like, well, he's too good. He won nationals last year. Yeah. And I'm like, figured out like he's in the same spot. I am. He lost to a guy that you lost to. And this is the guy, this is a guy you have to beat in order to place higher than whatever. And I ended up losing the match, but I made it, I was competitive with him. I took him down, you know, scored some points on him. And I think I wish that um, I had more of those opportunities as I was younger, because those are the things I, th- I think about when I was 22 years old, not when I was 16 or 17 mm-hmm. to, to go over that. So I'm, I'm glad that you were able to, to do that in high school and feel like you, you went up against a stud and were able to, um, you know, improve, approve improve against that guy, or at least mental, your mental approach against him was improved. So therefore your physical game improved against them. No doubt. Um, how do you get the most out of, out of a practice? Let, and, and let's go over this with football and baseball. So how do you get the most out of a football practice? Cause more than anything in football, I feel like time is so kind of scarce and not scarce, but like, it's just fleeting. Um, mm-hmm. How do you get the most out of football practice? Um, I think the big difference between football and baseball, you said there's, there's never enough time for a football practice. Um, I think there it's, it's all about effort and for going out there for giving your best effort, because, you know, if you're on the first guy, if you're on the first team, you only get so many reps and then the second team's got to get their reps. And then once your time's over, you're pretty much off the field. And then, you know, if you're not all playing well together and you're not moving the ball down the field and marching and and you're not going to go and get six during your drives, um, it almost feels like a wasted practice at that point. Uh, So as soon as you get there, you want to show up early. And then you want to, you want to get ready. You, for me, I, I kind of like doing a little stretching before the entire team because it takes a little bit longer for my body to warm up. But once, once you take that warm up lap and you start stretching out, it's all about giving hundred percent effort in, in every single thing, it, especially small drills where, you know, I'm alignment. So we work on our, our footwork a lot, but just being able to lock in 
and completely give 100% effort even after I've been playing the sport for like eight, nine years to still be able to go out there and give full effort on drills that I've been doing since as long as I can remember, like literally. Um, it's, it's definitely an effort thing at that point. And then when you get to baseball, it's completely different because practices are a little bit slower paced sometimes. And um, for baseball, it's just mentally locking in. And that, that's the hard part that a lot of baseball players have is not being able to lock in for the entire practice because it's really easy to just, you know, during a hitting practice to just let someone else go in front of you and, and you're not taking as many cuts as you possibly can. But if you're mentally locked in, you take each swing as important as the one next, then you're going to keep on improving your game. So definitely baseball, it's just having that mental capacity to be able to lock in for that full two, three hours that you're practicing and, and taking every single ground ball seriously, like it's a game scenario, making every single throw on the money that you can and just improving your game as much as possible. Yeah, man, those are uh, those are good answers for 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 both those things for, with the football, man, I, you know, I you know, you know, I coach the freshman team and it's just like, like in a wrestling practice, it's like, okay, we're going to hit most of the things that I want to go over. And we usually have enough time in football. It just feels like, like, because you have to prepare so much, like you were talking earlier with the film and kind of each team does things differently four days to prepare. Like, it's almost like you have to reteach your team like a new playbook mm -hmm. every week. It's like, oh, what, yeah. how are we going to do it's, this? It's crazy, especially, you know, on both sides of the ball. So on offense, you know, that they're running a different scheme. Like they may bring a four, three, so your entire blocking scheme completely changes. So on Mondays, you're normally going to get in the whiteboard and, you, and you're going to relearn everything. And then on defense, you have a completely different package for the, for their offense, you know, uh, sophomore, especially like when we had wristbands, we had uh, 20 plays on each side that we had to memorize. We had to get down and, we got to get out there and go get your reps for that. And you got, and you're going out there and you got, you got the trash cans all lined up and, and so it hits, it hits, it hit, And it's going, it's going by so fast, but you need to get those reps in. You got to be giving full effort on every single rep or else you're not going to be getting better. You're not going to be learning more about the game. Sure. And those drills, I mean, you guys do like very similar drills almost every day. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you've perfected those drills or do you feel like you're always kind of trying to do a little bit better every day? Or is it just kind of getting the reps or is there still oh, I'm, I'm definitely far from perfect on any of those drills. Um, and I, I may be one of the closer uh, on the team, but definitely extremely far from perfect. You, you can get better in, in, any, in anything, especially I think any single person on the field in our entire conference area, you know, we're not sending guys D1. So obviously nobody's good enough or perfect enough to be, to be claiming that they're doing drills perfectly. Uh, every single drill, that's why I'm saying I give max effort because you're always going to be getting better. Nice. Okay. For sure. Yeah. I was just, um, that's always, I always wonder about that when we like, cause it's hard as a coach when you're doing the same drills all the time, because you don't want to be kids where it's like, you don't want kids to think about going through the motions, but it's like natural human habit to, okay, we're doing this again. Now we're doing yeah. this again. Now we're doing this again. Okay. And you just kind of do what you've always done. So I'm always, I'm really interested to hear different kids and how they think about, when they're going through those and how much presence you can have, because it's not even like out of laziness or out of like being tired or making an excuse or something. It's literally, it's like a natural human habit where it's like, Oh, I know how to do this. I'll just, your brain kind of does it for you. So you have to be present enough mm -hmm. um, as an athlete to be like, Oh, this is, 
I have to be engaged right now. This, yeah. this is an opportunity when it's five weeks into the season and everybody's kind of at the point where, you know, things get a little monotonous. You're yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think that's that's definitely what I'm speaking of when, when you talk about effort. And that's a lot of leadership on the team too. Yeah, like when I first got brought up to varsity in my sophomore year, it was, it was so much different. Practices were so much different because you had guys taking things so much more serious than ever before. You know, our freshman squad, we were kind of, raggedy we're kind of throwing in guys and filling in holes and that's how it has kind of been but um you know you get moved up it's a completely different ball game you know I I had guys in my ear every single practice and something I was completely unused to but by now I mean three years later where now I I have to be that guy and I have to be demanding excellence on every single drill full 100% effort when you know it's so easy like you said especially once you get into the season when you've been doing these drills literally since June camp, right? So it's, it's been months and you're doing the exact same drill. You go out there and you just kind of tilt your head back, like, all right, here we go again. But it can't be that because everybody can always improve. Yeah, I think definitely that's something for me, something I got better as I, as I got older. And I think um, anyone that really cares and wants to improve, it definitely is, is tries to focus on it. But it's, it's hard some days. Some days you have to really focus Um I want to kind of go back into something we were talking about earlier a little bit. It's kind of on the same line of what we're talking about now, but kind of relates to something earlier. So we're talking about, you know, Wheeling doesn't have the best reputation as far as um, athletics sometimes. Um, I, I wanted to touch on, you know, Meadows and Hersey have kind of been the um, the best in the East for the last few years. I think they, they've gone nine and zero and eight and one because one of them loses to the other the last two or three years. Um, which, you know, I grew up around here and, and teams were never that good. Teams never had records like that. Like once in a while prospect had their championship years, but they didn't, mm-hmm. even them, I don't think they ever went nine and oh. Um, and so I, I kind of want to, what do you think those guys, what do you think those teams do differently? If anything, where, where are they just kind of winning the luck of the draw with the, with the kids that they get going to those schools are they putting more time in the off season? Do they get more out of the time in season? What do you think's going on? What, how, how is, um, how are those teams kind of at the top? Sure. You know, it's, it's really easy to just cry and kind of claim that, that they have more talented athletes than us, but I think in reality, it's just not true. Um, I think they have cultures that, that we are working on getting to at some point. Uh, but I think they have it. And that's the difference is that they have guys that are going out and lifting every single day getting themselves better and taking practices, games, all season, 100% serious, and they're completely committed. And, um, you know, that that's why they have those kids that are going D1, and that's I think that's why we don't. Because, you know, we, we have guys that not as much commitment. You know, they might have just enough athleticism, but they're just not as committed. They're just not as focused. They, we just don't have that culture yet. Um, I, I honestly don't think that the talent level is that much different. You know, like there are definitely guys on our team, especially, you know, I like to use the team from two years ago because that was, I think, one of the most talented teams that's been through our building. I think a lot of the a lot of guys on that team would have a good shot at starting on any team in the entire conference. It's just a matter of culture that those schools have that that we don't. Sure, you know, because I, I like the, that thought of culture because you're. De- I think you're definitely onto something, and I think you're right. And when I was at Hersey, which this is a long time ago, mm-hmm. we 
we, they were okay. So when I was a freshman, they had an awesome team and it was a team that could have won a state title. And that year was one of the years prospect won one of their state titles and prospect Buffalo Grove and Hersey were all ranked like top five in the state. And we beat prospect Hersey, Hersey beat prospect during the year, lost to BG. It was like a three, three way, like yeah. everyone lost to each other. Um, and that was like this incredible class of seniors Hersey had at that time. Um, and they went like eight and one or seven and two in the regular season. Then they ended up losing a prospect. Anyway, after that, we were very mediocre or bad. They might've even gone like one and eight the next year um, because the class below wasn't very good. And then my senior year, I know for a fact, we went three and six. So it hasn't been like this 30 or 40 year thing where these teams are just unbelievable. And, and Meadows, like when I came back, I say came back. I used to work out yep. in the Western suburbs when I moved back to the area and everyone's like, well, Meadows is this incredible football team. I'm like Meadows, you know, they were just, they were just like everybody. It was a very mostly average teams and prospect had some killer teams, but they had their down years too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I really have a point, but I guess my point is like, they didn't always have that culture. It wasn't always like, yeah. Oh, you go to Hersey, you're going to be really good. Exactly. Um, it just takes a class of guys that, that really get it. And you see it at every level. Like, look at LSU this year. Like last year, they were the best team in college football, arguably one of the best teams that, that's ever been put together on a football field. Now this year, I think they're, what, like two and four. Like, they're having a terrible season. It just takes one class of guys that really buy in and get it. And, you know, it's a matter of the other guys buying in behind them and if they don't. Um, and, and you see it more often times than not that those guys don't. And that, yeah. I think that's just the drop-off right there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think – being a part of something is in, in built, like you were saying earlier with one of the other coaches where it's not just about football. It's not just about baseball. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be like every kid in the building fi- takes pride in being a Wheeling high school student and, yep. and doing something at the school. Cause there's some bodies walking around Wheeling high school where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't play football or you don't do, you know, you don't do yeah. this. And they're like, nah, I don't really do anything. And I'm like, we're, you know, you, you look like you'd be pretty good out there, man. And, yeah. um, you know, that's a hard, it's, it's a hard thing to change. And I know from the top down, like principal, I'm talking our principals, assistant principals, you know, everybody works super hard. Everybody's working super hard at trying to change that and figure that out. Um, so it, it's a great thought to kind of keep coming back to culture. We need to build a culture. We need to build up a mentality at Wheeling where, people believe in themselves because they're a Wheeling high school student. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the last questions I want to ask you um, is how important is it to be accountable to yourself? Uh, accountability. Um, that's a term that, that I think every single great athlete of all time, um, that they can use that term next to their name. Um, if you're not accountable, you'll never be good. And that's just, that's just the plain truth. And like, I've been writing pretty much all my past points is that it's not just about athletics, it's about everything in life. You know, if you're just want to make excuses and point fingers at everyone else besides yourself, you're never going to better yourself. You know, it's so easy in football to say like, Oh, why didn't you make that tackle? Like it's so easy to blame somebody else, but the second it turns out on you for you to just not want to accept it whatsoever. Um, Accountability for me is huge. Uh, I, I, I think I, I take my accountability extremely seriously. You know, if I make a bad play, I, I have no problem saying that's on me. Like, let's go, let's, let's get the next one. Um, that's something that 
a lot of younger guys really don't have that that they have to learn and that's another thing about leadership is just teaching accountability and you know accountability during games but that accountability on being at every single practice and that's something that that we have always struggled with is, is having full numbers at practices and then our coaches have to step in because because it gets so bad you know you're running 200 yard sprints at the end of practice because you're not showing up or or bear crawls now with coach Dunbar um, and it's just no fun, but you know, it, it starts from that and then getting everyone to practice, but then getting everyone early to practice is a completely different ball game. Uh, you know, teams like that, I, that that's what we're talking about. This winning culture where everybody has a sense of accountability where I'm not going to be the guy that's not there. I'm not going to make everyone else run, you know, and that's just pivotal, pivotal to a winning culture. And, you know, it, it stretches way beyond the field, you know, in, in, in school, Oh, I, I, I wrote that essay so well. I don't know why I didn't get an A on it. Well, it's probably because you, you didn't do, you didn't write any drafts. You just turned in a, a rough draft and you got to see, like you didn't deserve an A. And, and until you're willing to accept that and have accountability, I just don't think you can ever be successful. Yeah. And I, I, I think you're right on the money again with that, but um, you know, there's guys like yourself, guys like, um, you know, the leaders of the team, the guys who are super invested. And what do you think those guys can do to, to get maybe some of those guys that are like, ah, I missed practice today. I got, yeah, I'm tired or whatever. I'm just going to yeah. take the bus. No one will know. You know, what, what can you guys do? Because what I tell my wrestlers is, you know, you guys, I preach it all the time. You got to be here. You got to be here. You got to be here to the point where it's like a nauseum and they're kind of like over it. It's coach, like whatever. Yeah. And I, I always tell my guys that you have more control over whether, uh, whether these other guys show up or not. And I, uh, you know, I think it's true. I believe that that is true, but really a lot of kids are kind of like, I, I could see on the look on their face. They're like, I'm not telling so-and-so to come to practice, or I don't feel like I, you know, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think you, you could do or have done that, that might help that problem? Uh, that, that's actually a fantastic point to bring up. You know, hearing things from the coaches really means half as much as saying it from your teammates. And, you know, again, I'm going to go back to that team uh, a few years ago, but, you know, those guys were on top of every single person on that team. You know, oh, I can't make this practice today. Why not? Oh, I have a doctor's appointment. All right, move it. Oh, I can't. Like, okay, then I'll call, I'll call your doctor and I'll move it. You know, guys will go to extreme lengths, especially good leaders will do things like that. You know, have you, have you done something like that before where you've actually called a guy, uh, a, a teammate out and been like, I'll call your doctor. I'll, let's change the appointment right now. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I've never called anybody's doctors per se, but I, I've, I've reached out to guys and, you know, you know, we live in this age of technology where we're all in a group chat and it's, it's like, you better be at practice tomorrow. Like, Oh, I can't. And then it's really easy to hide in there. So, when you go a step further and I'll text a guy directly, I'll call him. I'll be like, Hey, like you need a ride tomorrow. Like I'll pick you up. Like I'll, I'll come get you early, like be ready. And that's completely different because, you know, guys love to have all excuses in the world, you know, like, Oh, I didn't have a ride. Like, Oh, my car broke down. Once you get rid of those excuses where they have no chance, no point besides showing up, that's really where you get to weed the guys out then, you know, the guys who just shouldn't even be on the team at that point. Yeah. And, and you feel like you've had some success as a, on, on your teams, making sure that you're getting guys there. Uh, definitely. Uh, I feel like I've, I've had a decent impact on, on the teams that I've been on. And I've also seen guys firsthand um, like those, those senior, that senior class, those guys I've seen extreme change that team extremely like multiple guys that wouldn't be showing up regularly. They got them there. And 
you know, it's, it's not easy. It's like, you want to be friends with everyone, but sometimes you have to be the bad guy and you have to demand more. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know it's a, it's a, I know it's a lot for me as a coach to pull a kid aside and be like, Hey, you got to make sure so-and-so's here. You got to do that. Like, I know it's a, it's a big ask. And I think for me, you know, again, going back to wrestling, you can be a little bit more selfish in wrestling. Like to me, I was, especially in high school, I didn't figure it out again until I was probably a junior or senior in college. I was worried about, I was worried about me. I wanted the team to win, but we weren't very good um, at Hersey then. And, and um, you know, the focus was like, I'm focused on me and not that it was like, I don't care about the team, but it was like, you know, I got to win my match first and then the team's got to mm-hmm. take everybody else has to take care of themselves but I definitely wouldn't have had the, the gall to, to do some of that stuff, tell some kids they got to be here or do this or do that. Um, I just think I was, I, di- I didn't have it. So I totally kind of understand why some kids, you know, I might say something to them and I see the look in their face. Like I'm not, <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I'm nodding my head. Yes, but I'm not going to do uh-huh. that. Much. Um, so what do you, what do you think it would take for, more kids to maybe take that step um i think just seeing it firsthand and that's something i've been really lucky i've seen great leaders go through the building and i've i've witnessed them firsthand and i'm really close to a lot of them um but just having that connection i think definitely drives drives that much further like you know those guys are graduating I, each of them has told me like you like you have to take this role like you have to be this leader now you know when, when you when you kind of hear things like that, you don't really have a choice. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially in high school athletes, where if you don't have a choice and you, you have to do something or you're obligated to do it, like you will. And a lot of, a lot of kids, you know, if, they're, if you're asking them to do something, they really have no connection to it, no ties to it. But once it becomes an obligation, I think, I think that's the answer you're looking for is that's, that's when you have guys that are going to be willing to, to do more. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's, that's good info. I'm, I'm going to try and put that to use Kenny. Um, sure. All right. So we're about out of time. I got one more question for you. Cool. Uh, the name of the podcast is what does it take? So Kenny, what does it take to be a, an athlete at Wheeling high school? Um, it takes a lot of drive and motivation. It takes a lot of uh, picking yourself up when you're down, picking the entire team up when they're down. Um, and it, it takes uh, an unrelenting, want to, to become great all right man well, awesome answer way to way to wrap it up that's a great way to end things um thanks for being here i appreciate you coming on uh you had some great thoughts man um and uh i'll see you i'll see you around the building hopefully sometime soon sounds good all right take care kenny thank you see ya.